What if I told you that the devil hates you so much that he would love nothing more than to spend all of eternity with you? Let me say it again. It says, the devil hates you so much that he would love nothing more to spend all of eternity with you. And he's willing to exhaust every resource to make you feel that your life is worthless. My name is Sam Young, and this is the Ministers of Reconciliation podcast. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. At this point of this recording, I'm 29 years old. I've lived a pretty pretty awesome life, thank the Lord. I have the privilege to be able to say that over the past two plus decades, I've had the privilege to sit under maybe thousands of sermons, whether that be just a regular Sunday or Wednesday, camp meeting, revival, all-day meetings, youth meetings, youth revivals, whatever it may be. All of these, all of this content, if you will, of course, songs and testimonies and read, you know, personal time reading or uh, praying. All of this content has played an integral part in my spiritual development. And what I'm about to say isn't an indictment on any preacher, pastor, or anything like that. But one topic in particular that I think has been missing and hasn't been highlighted enough is mental health. Now, today's topic most certainly cannot be encompassed in just a few short minutes. But the point, as I've made many times before of the podcast, isn't to just discuss a topic for a while by myself, but to open the conversation. And the goal is to eventually have others on the podcast, be on the lookout, might be asking soon, <laughs> be praying. So we can have conversations about some of these harder topics such as mental health. And as we begin, as we dive and highlight about this, we go back to what the, the uh, intro was where we said this uh, quote we heard somewhere along the way. It says, the devil hates you so much that he would love nothing more than to spend all of eternity with you. You see, this life we often hear that it's just a dressing room for eternity, right? You know, we, we've maybe we've always, maybe some of us have seen that uh, illustration by Francis Chan, I think his name is, where he has like maybe a 50-foot-long rope or something like that, and has maybe two or three inches of it, if even that, wrapped in red tape. So just a little section, right? And he says, well, this right here, this little section represents your maybe 70 years of life, and the rest of the the rope is eternity. So, but everything you do in that little section will determine the rest, right? And one thing that I've, I've learned over my short 29 years of life is that 
Sometimes the devil, the enemy of our soul, is okay with taking a consolation prize. You see, he's not. It's not so much about well, you spend eternity in you know, eternal separation from God and that suffering and all that stuff. But if he can make you miserable now, that's just step one of his plan. The truth that there are people within the body of Christ who struggle with real anxiety, depression, and uh, PTSD, and even suicide. And I hope that in today's conversation that we can highlight these things a little bit better. That it's not so much a scary thing to say the word suicide, but we can really open our minds to the reality of it. Growing up, my, my grandparents, John and Jeanette Aller, I, I'm, I was aware that they had, or they deal with and they face with uh, the warring of depression and anxiety. Even in my teen years, and even up till now, you truly don't understand the weight of that burdensome disease. And and it began to really open my eyes to a lot of things. So there's a portion of the body of Christ who have suffered abuse. Okay, I, I want you to listen. That, that There are people within the body of Christ who have suffered physical, mental, even spiritual, as well as other facets of abuse. Okay? Like, not just maybe one event, which is definitely traumatic, two events, maybe three events, but no, it's years, decades, a life, as they knew it, was abuse. Multiple occurrences a day, physically, mentally, spiritually, so on, of abuse. And not only is that horrific enough, that that, that exists at all, let alone within a body of Christ, but that they have to live with that reliving the past. They have to live with that along with anxiety and depression and the PTSD that comes with it and even maybe the suicidal thoughts. And, it, and the, the point is not to guilt trip anybody, but church, what are we doing about it? All right? It's real. You know, that us as God's people, we're called to be ministers of reconciliation, not just to only uh, reunite people or redirect people back to God, but to help those that are still within our four walls. It's real. People, some people do wake up and they feel, what is the point of living? But you're a Christian. What's the point of living? You know, I'll call it like I see it. Maybe that abuser has convinced them that they're not worth a life. They're not worth anything. And my question to you as, God, as, as God's people, what are we doing about it? Are we just going to slap a Band-Aid on it, tell them to pray about it and get over it? Are we going to do something about it? And it starts with having a conversation like we're hoping to today. And those of you, the, the five of you that consistently listen, God bless you, you can begin to have a conversation with your families to know and, and, and begin the prayer process, if you will, to know how to become better ministers of reconciliation to those who are suffering with these things. To, to do as Paul did in 1 Corinthians 9 and 21, to as a Jew, I became as a Jew. As those under the law, I became as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, right? It wasn't that he, he sacrificed his convictions and the truth in order to win them, so to speak. But no, he put, he put himself on their level, right? Try to understand it from their point of view. See, our, our calling, our, our commandment on our life is to be able to truly be a resource for Christ. We're, you know, Christians, right? That's Christ-like. What did Christ do? He looked upon the multitude with compassion. It broke his heart because he knew what God had to offer, right? It's our job. And the thing is, is I'm afraid that we've got so conditioned with just 
spewing out the infamous Christianese buzzwords, and we fail to help people. We slap a bandaid on, on very complicated issues, say, hey, pray about it, you'll get over it. That's garbage. We're going to take a break. My name is Sam Young, and this is the Ministers of Reconciliation podcast. Stay with us. We'll be back after the break. Hello. Hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question, a comment, concern, suggestion, shoot me an email at morpodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram at the underscore M-O-R underscore podcast. All the links are in the description. Now, let's get back to today's episode. And welcome back to the Ministers of Reconciliation podcast. I'm your host, Sam Young. Before the break, we were diving into the very serious conversation of mental health. I saw this quote, quote recently that I think is really fitting for today's hop, uh, topic, and that is, if being a moody teenager wasn't so stereotyped, then maybe teenagers might feel more comfortable talking about their mental health. Again, if being a moody teenager wasn't so stereotyped, then maybe teenagers might feel more comfortable talking about their mental health. One of the roadblocks that I have noticed or I even found even personally when it comes to talking about our mental health is to be written off as someone who's just seeking attention. You know, again, it's not to say that there aren't people that might do that, thus making it difficult to have those conversations, but we, we can't be so quick to just write off every person who might be struggling with something other than the big sins, if you will, well, they're just seeking attention. You know, just well, if they're if they were struggling with sin, you know, like you know, whatever it may be, then we'll have a conversation. But if it's mental health, well, there must be something wrong with you. It's garbage. Might be a little, might be a little to the point today. So just just bear with us. And one thing I've, I I notice is that even again personally is we're afraid that well, if we express this darkness in our mind that we're going to get a re a, the reaction we'll get as well toughen up be a man well come on put, put, pull yourself up by your bootstraps or quit being a sissy quit being a wuss especially in a church setting like we mentioned before someone might say well just pray about it and you probably listened to my episode on prayer and you know how I am about prayer I'm I'm all about it right communion with the creator but the point is, is we take it just as a band-aid. Hey, just pray about it and walk away. No, no follow-up. No, no further help. Nothing. Prayer is good. Prayer without work, but faith without works is dead. Right? Don't you? We can pray about all we want, but eventually we got to do something. Well, you can't be sad. You're a child of God, which is true. There's joy in the service of the Master. Love, joy. It's the second fruit of the Spirit. Amen. There's no greater truth than that. But often it's said in a dismissive. Just get over it, move on, attitude. I've even noticed that sometimes people use that same logic in telling people to get over their abuse. Oh, well, it was in the past. Haven't you forgiven them? Haven't you come to peace about it? Dismissive, destructive. It's garbage. (laughs) Don't do that. Stop it. God bless. You must have done something wrong is another thing they say. Last time I checked, that is a tool 
and a phrase the devil uses. We're, we're so quick, right, to say, oh, well, the devil uses that, that phrase, but then we find ourselves using it ourselves. Destructive, dismissive, it's garbage. You're not allowed to feel that way. Shape up. Say it with me. Destructive, dismissive, it's garbage. It leaves no fear, or excuse me, no no room for discussion. And then people begin, again, to have fear of rejection. You see, when it comes to anxiety and depression, you, you may have heard this analogy before, is that when someone says, hey, I, I struggle with anxiety and depression, then we say, well, just pray about it. Well, would you do the same thing if someone broke their arm? Oh, I see you broke your leg. <laughs> just pray about it. God will take care of it. Yeah, no. You will go through the proper steps and procedures to fix what is broken. So why is it any different with those who struggle with mental health? We'll just pray about it. I am. And when it comes to PTSD, I want to address that real quick, is we always associate post-traumatic stress disorder with those that are in the armed forces. And boy, <laughs> I, I, I could never fathom what it, what what those who have been in that line of call that call of duty literally and what they have to see every day and what they have to to suffer every day in order to give us the freedoms that we so often take for granted but i've learned that that isn't just in, just or just for them but it, but people who actually have, have felt and have uh, endured abuse they have to live with ptsd they have to live with the memory of their abuse. There was a blog post that we had posted a while back on the Ministers of Reconciliation uh, podcast blog. <laughs> uh, it's one of my Just Thinking, uh, of the Just Thinking series. It's called The Pity Party is Canceled. Let's go ahead and go over that real quick. Life itself can be a battlefield and we're all facing some kind of war. Life itself can be a battlefield and we're all facing some kind of war. Those are lyrics to a song that I heard a long time ago. Just a few simple words that pack a volume of meaning. And growing up, and even to this day, I've heard the phrase that, well, it could always be worse. Often we find ourselves saying that to someone who might have, might be expressing a hardship or a darkness that they are dealing with in their life. And people say, oh, well, that's that, but it could always be worse. And I understand the intent of that, of saying that is to redirect the pained individual into bringing things in perspective and all of that, but it's I, I hate it personally because it's just like we've been talking about already that it's just a quick slap it band-aid fix. However, all without addressing the problem to begin with. I believe it's a mistake we make, especially as God's people. We need to take the time to better understand mental health within the body of Christ and if someone comes to you with facing a hardship that you don't dismiss them by saying that sure it could always be worse speaking from experience if i was the individual expressing that uh, something to somebody and they said that to me i i, I usually say i know <laughs> i'm aware it could always be worse and then maybe list the ways it could be worse but that doesn't truly really change the situation for me it's difficult maybe for somebody else they can handle it better but that's i'm that's fine but they're not necessarily the one going through it. I am, or you are. And another thing that I think makes it very destructive is people hear that so much that they start self-chastising 
right? They, they start calling their own melancholy, their hardship, a pity party. And again, without even anyone saying it, begin to compare their situation to somebody else saying, well, they got it worse. Of course, yeah. And I think that that is very destructive and that it only only adds to the pain. It doesn't make it any better. It makes it worse. It goes right back to what we were talking about before is that people begin to be afraid to talk about what's hurting them because they're just going to get kicked to the curb with some buzz phrase that has no love behind it. And listen, I'm aware that we have to do like David and encourage ourselves. But I certainly wouldn't want to be guilty, God help us, of writing off someone else's hardship and their reaction to that hardship as having a pity party. Constantly making light of someone's battle, listen, will only produce more suffering and silence. Think about it. What if someone within the church feels that if they express their darkness, that they're feeling that they're constantly going to be condemned as having a pity party, accused of sin, or be told to shape up, or compared that some, to somebody who's got it worse, ultimately invalidating them. What makes you think that we're going to be any help to those who are without Christ? Those who maybe currently don't congregate within your church building. Who knows? Maybe that's why some don't anymore. I want to tell you a quick story. A while back, I was talking with my, my beautiful wife, Elena. And those of you who know my wife, how amazing she is, no, this isn't for brownie points, this is from my heart. Is I, I I've known Elena over half my life now. I'm almost thirty. We well, yeah, I guess it's been half my life because I'm twenty nine. We started, you know, talking and dating or courting, whatever you want to say, around thirteen, fourteen. So yeah. Over half my life I've known this amazing woman. And during that those fifteen years, I was with Elena when her mom, her sister, and Elena all went through a lot of the abuse that they have to live with the reality and the and the reliving of today. I was in the midst of it. I, I didn't even know at the time. And and I'll say this. You, you know, we were, we were talking about just a moment ago about how people will take your situation and compare it to somebody who's got it worse. That worse-er situation, that's Barb, Bethany, and Elaine. They had the worse situation. And this is why I, I really wanted to talk about this today is not only just to highlight and, and and really begin the conversation, but to realize how strong those of you are. Barb, if you're listening, Beth, if you're listening, Elaine, if you're listening, how strong you young women are to have to face what you faced and you still made it through. And that I, I, I take that encouragement, edification, whatever, to anybody who's struggling with with depression, anxiety, suicide, if you can hear this today, you've kicked the devil one more day. You've kicked the devil's butt one more day. I know it. There's days where it doesn't feel like worth living anymore. It doesn't feel like you want to do it anymore. What's the point of it? What's the point of all of this? Maybe you, maybe your friends have went their own way. Maybe families went their own way. Maybe whatever, you know, everything, you literally are alone. But that that following morning, that next morning when you open your eyes and you get up out of bed, that's one more day that you take the devil and you run him over with a daggum bulldozer. And you ought to be praised for that. I think of what little I know of the situations these people that I love had to face. I know maybe 5% of it, if even even want to give myself that much. 
and how they faced it, and they still are here. They could, I mean, I'm going to talk to you straight here. They could have checked out early, if you know what I mean. They could have, but they didn't. That takes real strength. And yes, it's all the glory to God, but it was up to them to access that power from God. So amen to you, sisters. I can't clap right now because I got a mic in my hand, but I'm clapping for you. I'm amazed. You think, well, I'm, I feel weak because I struggle with these things. No, you're stronger than though. You're stronger than you know. And I, that's the honest truth. No quote on Tumblr or on Facebook or Instagram can personify victory better than those who have faced these giants and are still here today to tell you about it. And with that being said, I, I, I want to tell my story now. <laughs> a, a number of time ago, I was talking to my wife, and as you know, as a man, and just me as a person, I, I struggle to open up and be vulnerable. And it's not so much that I was being macho when I said these things to Elena, but I was speaking from my heart. I, I, w- I was feeling really bad, really poorly, really dark, in a dark place. And I told Elena, I said, Elena, I, I don't have time to feel this way. I have too much going on. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a logistics coordinator. I'm I'm trying to do the podcast thing. I'm trying to, you know, build up the the blog. I'm I'm trying to build up this, uh, this clothing company, the Lord willing clothing company. So when people think, hey, I want a T-shirt that isn't corny but is Christian, I'm gonna go to Sam's website and buy a T-shirt or a mug or a sticker. Links in the description, by the way, and be able to tell people about God through my T-shirt. Hey, that's a neat T-shirt. Where'd you get it? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you about Christ. And they get saved, and it's a revival. That's what happens when you buy a t-shirt. <laughs> no, but, and all these different things that I'm trying to do. And I even said, and I was feeling, I was feeling absolutely terrible. And I said, I don't have time to, to I got to be strong for you. I got to be strong for the boys. I got to be strong for blah, blah, blah. And it says, you know, I, I, and I began to do the self-chastising. I said, I didn't have the childhood you had. I, I didn't have all of this things happen. I didn't have to endure the abuse. My dad's the best dad in the world. And, and all, I had to, all these things. And this is what my wife said to me, 15 years. This is going to be a future episode. You know it. When you find the rib that fits and God reminds you every so often, it, it blesses your soul. And you get that, you get the gospel goosebumps go up your spine. This is what my wife said to me. She said, Sam, that doesn't matter. Just because you didn't experience all of those other things doesn't make your pain any less important. Samuel, your feelings matter. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's when you just like, all right, God. <laughs> I mean, I know. I'm aware of it. I, I, I won't shut up about it for Pete's sake. But that's when I knew. <laughs> I definitely knew again. Reminder that, all right, <laughs> she's definitely, definitely the one. <laughs> and she may not want to hear it, but that's the way it needs to be handled. And I understand Elena's, you know, she's a little biased because I'm her husband. But the, the, the attitude towards it should be applied regardless of the relationship with the person that may be venting their, their pain to you. She could have told me, "Ah, oh, be a man. I need a, I need a, I need a strong man to help me." Blah, 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 you know, she could have, you know, really knocked me up, you know, knocked me upside my head, right? But no, she she showed me love. That's the way it ought to be. Mental health is a serious thing. Like I said, I mean, it's been twenty some minutes and haven't even scratched the surface. So I encourage you to, if you, I mean, I, I haven't said this in a, a minute, but send us an email, morpodcast at gmail dot com. We're on Instagram. All the links are in. My bio, it's, it, I think it's something to the effect it said, it's like flow page, uh, hat, at for maybe backslash or forward slash Sampleton Peck. It's in the, it's in, uh, it's on the Instagram, my Facebook, it's, 
in the show notes so that you can go to that link and it has everything there, right? It has maybe the most recent episode, the recent blog post, uh, some highlights of different products we have going on on sale or, or being sold on the Lord Willing Clothing Company and maybe a couple of playlists too. But I am I want to really start getting people on the podcast. I'm, I'm dead serious about that. I, I've been researching how to get, you know, do it remotely and all that stuff. So just be praying about it that if, that I'm going to be calling you. So just be ready for it. <laughs> I'm not going to listen no more. I don't want to get called. No, you're going to get called anyway. God bless. I'll find you. No, I'm just kidding. But I appreciate you taking the time to listen. God loves you. And I do. And I mean it. Stay encouraged. Reach out. We're, we are here for you. You're not alone in this. And I mean it. My name is Sam Young. And this is the Ministers of Reconciliation Podcast. Say it with me. Always remember. God bless. And stay yes. We'll see you next time.